It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, 720 in Chicago. Thank you for joining me on the Great Outdoors Show. We have a lot to talk about this morning. We'll get right at it. It seems like everything hurries up after Labor Day's pass, so we're going to hurry up and start. Uh, I have Carrie Luft on the line. Carrie is with the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation, longtime guest on the Great Outdoors Show, and as many of you go back even further than Max McGraw with Kerry, he had a very distinguished career in the newspaper business, most notably the Chicago Tribune. So, Kerry, thank you for being with us this morning. And let's start off, Kerry, by talking about something that is front of mind on a lot of people's minds, particularly in Illinois. Uh, the Dove season opened last Friday to much acclaim, and by Labor Day, Many people were beginning to say, maybe I should go clean out the garage instead of going sitting in a 95-degree heat and try to shoot a dove. So yeah. you've, done some, you've done some research on the state areas and talked to some people, and not just Illinois. Maybe can you give us, it's not a scientific discussion at this point, but it's an overview of, of maybe a bit of a surprise. Yeah, well, I mean, the, if you look at the numbers that Dale Bowman uh, helpfully published in the Sun Times last week. Opening day at the state areas was, um, let's let to put it mildly, rather disappointing. You know, uh, I think Jim Edgar Panther Creek had seven birds per hunter, and it went down from there. And you know, that is not what you expect um, from an opening day in Illinois. Um, I believe Chain of Lakes was fewer than one bird per hunter, and that's that's really that's really disappointing. Um, you know, I mean, uh, it, we shouldn't measure the quality of an experience on whether you get a limit or not. But uh, it was, I think every dove hunter wants to pull the trigger a few, enough times to at least have a chance at a limit. Um, and that just wasn't happening. Um, I, I personally did some hunting at some very well-managed dove fields. And fairly my seat of the pants observation was there just weren't as many doves around northern Illinois this year as there have been in years past. Um, why? I have no idea. Was it a bad nesting season? Maybe we had some cooler weather, uh, the week before opening day that could have pushed a few out. Um, we had some more cooler weather at the end of this past week, Thursday in particular, that could push some more out yet. And, uh, you know, better minds than mine, uh, say that if, if you know how many birds you have on opening day at a particular place, that's about what you're going to get. How you can expect if you hunt it uh, with some kind of management in mind, you'll probably shoot half the birds that are around on opening day, and then your season will be over. So if in a typical year you have 5,000 doves using your farm and you shot, you might expect to shoot a couple thousand of them. But if you only have 1,000, pickings are going to be slim. And I, I don't know the reason, Charlie, but I just did not see the numbers anywhere not just at the place where i hunted but on power lines around the area um etc where you know i just didn't hear good reports anywhere well carrie luft is our guest with the max mccraw wildlife foundation this morning and carrie it goes much deeper than i than i think a lot of people think about and i talked quite a bit about this over the last couple of weeks dove hunting has become the most popular sport 
in in the form of, of bird hunting in in America. Several million people will go dove hunting, and it's a social event. It's an opportunity to take kids. I had the just the thrill, and I call it a thrill of a lifetime because it really is to be able to sit in a chair next on a stool next to my daughter on opening day and have her shoot a few doves. Uh, to be able to do it with kids in warm weather, and that's why dove hunting is so important as a fabric in in hunting because it's a family experience. You don't need a lot of gear, as I've talked about, and you generally do it in nice weather. Unfortunately, we actually did it in really hot weather. But, um, Carrie, there's something, I think there's something a little more. So take the Chain of Lakes, which I know really well, having duck hunted and drawn for duck blinds there you know, many, many years ago. Uh, when it was popular, the hunting was never any good, duck hunting, but it was very popular. And and so they averaged half a dove a person. So, and I think I think they only actually had 10 hunters. Um, that, that means that they, they probably didn't have 25 doves in an area the state has spent money managing and trying to improve for dove dove hunting and dove habitat something something at the core is wrong there you can have down years and great years but when you have a complete bust that generally is a management issue uh particularly with doves it's a management issue and i wonder coming out of covid and this is not a uh, in any way a negative comment on the dnr at all as you know i'm a great fan of the dnr and you've done a lot of work with them but I'm wondering if the quality of management is as good as it was a few years ago. We're, we're seeing it across the country in a lot of areas. The COVID just took changed things. And, and could it be that maybe the state doesn't have the resources to manage some of these areas the way it did? Um, no question, even, a, even an area like Jim Edgar Panther Creek is down by 50%. But when you get down to basically zero doves, Something else is going on. What, any any thoughts? Have you heard anything there? I, I haven't talked with individuals in the state, I not that they would necessarily people, know. Yeah, I haven't talked to people at that level to really find out, but I, I would agree with you, Charlie. I mean, management is management is also part of hatching doves, right? You have to have food for them. You have to have shelter for them. You have to have water. You have to have gravel. And, you know, without that, um, a sunflower field doesn't do a whole lot for you. Um, I will say this. My opinion managing for doves is not so simple as just planting a bunch of sunflowers and having at it and uh you have to plant you have a very limited window most times in the spring to get in the field and get the crops in uh, you could have them flooded out you could have you know and all of uh you could have them uh hit by a cold snap you could not get into the fields in time then you have to manage your your fields by burning uh other cover and and disking and, and plowing. And if you don't do that on a pretty rigorous schedule, lots of things can go wrong, Charlie. You know, you can have uh, germinating uh, fields with no visible seed for the doves to feed on. You could have total failure of your sunflower crop. Um, you could have late, uh, late uh, blooming millet, like pearl millet, that's not ready on opening day, and so the doves haven't found your field. Lots going on, and it's really a delicate dance that you have to prioritize if you're going to have a productive field year after year. And even if you have great management, if you are tricked by the weather um, and you can't get out when you need to get out, uh, you're you're gonna you've got an uphill hill to climb. Um, That's why it's wild bird hunting, Carrie. This is not Absolutely. you know this is not something you put out and hunt. I have a thought, 
and you're in, you've been in the communications media world all your life. The the email traffic and and what I'm seeing from from hunters, not just in Illinois but elsewhere, but let's just talk about Illinois for a second. Is they would love to hear from the DNR as to why things either are better than they think or worse than they think. And so if you went to any number of areas, Green River or Silver Springs or Channel Lakes, and you had you had really a, a complete bust, um, yeah. it would be great if the state, particularly with today with the websites and the ability to communicate, could communicate with the hunters of Illinois to say, you know, we uh, the, the reports – in this area, we're, we're actually great. We're very proud. The reports in this area and the results were very poor. Here's what we think happened. Here's, you know, here's how we manage. Sure. I, I think hunters would love that kind of communication. So, is that something that, that, and you travel in this world a lot, and it's not just hunters. It's people who access our state parks and they arrive and the bridges are broken or a road is closed. Yeah. Um, is that an area that we could improve? Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 you could even put it on the IDNR app and let people do that. You know, the, what it all comes down to, though, Charlie, is, and this is this is not just Illinois, it's every DNR in the country. As you know, McGraw works with a lot of DNRs. It comes down to people and funding to do it. Um, you know, and if it, it, you might be able to get somebody to manage that and put it on a website, but what will they not be doing? Um, I think it would be a great, I think it would be a really great, um, thing if the DNR could do it. We've got, you know, even 25 years ago, Charlie, our great friend John Hussar would be publishing stuff along this line. He'd be on the phone with, uh, you know, Silver Springs and Chain of Lakes and saying, the, dove, the sunflowers are good, we expect a good shoot, or sunflowers didn't get in in time, don't come. Or he wouldn't, he'd never say don't come, but he'd say the sunflowers are poor and you could read between the lines. And, you know, we've lost John. Um, Dale is still holding on at the Sun-Times and doing, a, uh, you know, and doing the best he can and doing a good job of keeping people informed. But we've lost a whole level of communications throughout the state and country with the demise of outdoor columns and newspapers and or websites. You know, uh, Leather Illinois did much the same for the people around yep. Carbondale. He told, he told them where they were. And and Jeff Lampy in Peoria. None of these people are writing anymore. Dale's the holdout, and I'm I'm glad he's still there because we'd have nothing if it weren't for him. Well, we can talk for a long time on this, but occasionally we have to pay the rent, so we're going to pay the rent, Carrie. But before we go, go and come back and talk about the farm bill, um, Carrie, what I I think we you and I know a lot of dedicated managers of state parks. Uh, and, and state recreation areas in the state of Illinois. And there is nothing that they like less than having people show up and not have a great experience. So it's not on them. Absolutely. They work hard, and, and I wouldn't want anyone listening to think that, that the state park managers, at least the ones I know, and I know a lot of them, are, are sincerely dedicated, and they want the very best to happen. Sometimes they don't have the resources, and sometimes, as you said, Mother Nature just doesn't cooperate. But certainly, yeah. communications can always be improved. we got to take a break, Carrie. We'll be right back. We're visiting with Carrie Luft. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. Hiking, camping, and hunting, it's all an adventure in the great outdoors, but nature can be tough. You need to be ready for anything and everything. Chevy Silverado is built to handle the toughest conditions and get you everywhere you want to go worry-free. 
Silverado's designed to handle the big jobs. It's built for the great outdoors. With over 13,000 pounds of towing capacity and trailering sway control, Silverado can haul the biggest loads on the roughest roads and keep you cool as a Sunday drive. With eight available cameras and up to 14 different views, it can spot trouble before it gets to you. That's peace of mind. And when you're ready for the backcountry, Chevy Silverado 1500 ZR2 owns the off-road. You name it, we run over it. No wonder it's Motor Trend's 2023 four-wheeler pickup truck of the year. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and check out a Chevy Silverado. It's freedom to explore the great outdoors. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. We're visiting with Carrie Luft of the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation. And we've been talking about the start of hunting season, dove season in particular, and what was a bit of a surprise, a disappointment in Illinois, uh, really across the strait, and maybe some communications things that would help hunters be better informed. And Carrie, you had one more thought at the break uh, that you said you want to you want to run before we before we talk yeah. about that huge thing, the farm bill. Yeah, I just want to uh, dispel a couple commonly held notions about doves in Illinois. I was lucky enough uh, about seven years ago to be at a conference at McGraw of some of the best dove managers in the state of Illinois, both public and private. And they made two observations that I think directly go against some of the rumor mill that you might hear uh, if you're disappointed in the doves here. The first is the fact that Wisconsin has a dove season doesn't really have any impact on us here in Illinois. Let's face it, the doves that they're shooting on September 1st aren't here anyway. So, And doves don't migrate en masse like uh, uh, ducks do. It's not like we're waiting for a push of them. They trickle through. So the fact that uh, Wisconsinites are shooting Wisconsin doves, and we're shooting Illinois doves for the most part, and someday at time in the next couple of weeks, we will get some more northern birds trickling through, and if you're lucky enough to hit it, you'll have a good shoot. The other part of the equation is people say, oh, it's all those bird feeders in the suburban backyards that are pulling the doves away. Not so. That's increasing the overall population. If anything, suburbia is producing more doves than ever. And, in fact, the best-managed, most highly productive dove field I know of in this state is almost dead smack in the middle of suburbia. So let's not blame the suburbanites who, who feed birds, and let's not blame our neighbors to the north. Doves are unpredictable. They're wild birds, and they're really hard to manage if you don't play the weather right. Well, we can always blame our wonderful friends to the north for something, uh, but not <laughs> but not this. And, and I guess since the, since the Bears and the Packers are, are about to, I was about to say tee it up. They're not teeing. Well, they are. They tee up a football to kick it off. We, we can talk next week about that. But we love our neighbors to the north. And as you know, Great Outdoors is heard across Wisconsin, and we are big advocates of, of a lot of what goes on in Wisconsin. And please send us some doves in the meantime. Carrie, let me just quickly, we've got a couple minutes left. This is a big subject, but there's been a lot written in recent weeks about are we going to have a farm bill? We've got election, we've got all kinds of things. You spent a lot of time, and I'm asking you to procrastinate on whether or not you think, um, no, not procrastinate. I'm not asking you to opine on whether or not you think we're going to have a farm bill. But the question is, is conservation going to have a front seat or a back seat? 
that's always a good question, Charlie. I, I think there's going to be, I, I'm, I'm looking at probably some modifications to what we have uh, in place now. I think there's a good chance that a proposal that McGraw developed in consultation with some agricultural leaders to give more flexibility in certain programs to landowners will gain some traction. I'm also hopeful that they'll revisit the rental rates for prime farm ground uh, coming out and going into CRP as opposed to marginal farm ground. Um, I think those would be two really good uh, advancements if we got those passed in the next farm bill. But what I'm hearing out of Washington is don't expect anything before the end of the year. Um, Ultimately, yeah, we'll have a farm bill, Charlie. But the sticking points usually aren't conservation. The sticking points are usually uh, food programs like food stamps and uh, and other things like that, and those become political footballs. And unfortunately, the conservation title of the farm bill gets wrapped up in all of that. So it's going to take a while, always, but we'll probably yeah, have to it all, it. always It always seems to, but there is one reason, Terry, we always do get a farm bill. And we always get a farm bill because – by statute, if we don't, all the crop supports revert back to 1935, which means a disaster in farm country. So we're going to get a farm bill. But thank you for, for that for, for saying that. And and I do have to make this final comment. And we're unfortunately we're out of town. I was in Mississippi Delta uh, last week, and I went 40 miles before I saw a cotton field, and 60 miles before I saw a rice field. Everything was corn and soybeans in an area that cotton was number one and rice was number two. So things have really changed in farm country. Yep. So thank you for, thanks for being with us, Carrie. We'll visit again soon. And all of you have a great week in the great outdoors. September's that beautiful month that's only surpassed by October. Thanks much. We'll be back next week with much more in the great outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.